And welcome back to Kenosha Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as always, Brendan Ertle. Today, we're going to be here breaking down this depressing, depressing loss in the Superdome. But uh, I'm here with my great co-host, Nate and Chris. How are you guys feeling after this uh, awful performance? Chris, how, how you doing? Um, you know, I'm okay. I, I, I think, um, I think as, as the game started to develop, you know, you just you started to see that there was a different Giants team from, I think, what a lot of us expected to come out. Although, you know, we talked about some of the weapons that could show up. Um, I thought that maybe there was some that took for granted about how much the energy would move in that room or in that in that, in the dome. You know, we thought that the first, the first game back, uh, the first home game of the year after everything that, that went by would, you know, would make a bigger, make a bigger difference. And, um, uh, you know, the juice boys, uh, ironically <laughs> didn't bring, didn't bring enough juice in certain areas. So it was, you know, it was, it was, I was interesting, but it was also, uh, it was, I, I learned a lot from that game. And I mean, I mean, look, you got to give the giants some credit. So, um, I mean, look, I, I, I didn't think coming into the game that, that, that they were an Owen three team, you know, watching their games. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you learn from it and move on to the football team. I think that's really all you could do. You know, it, it, you can linger on it for so long, and probably parts of this team should linger on it for a hot minute. Uh, you know, like offensive line, obviously a lot of the defense just wasn't there. But in the end, it was an off day, and you still forced a probably underrated, at least in my, by me. I certainly didn't expect them, and I didn't expect Daniel Jones to do that. Uh, against any defense, but especially this defense. Um, but against that team, you know, you still took it to the overtime period. A couple different things go your way, and, you, you know, things are different. But uh, some guys really need to be busting down that tape. Uh, but others, I think you just kind of pack it in and say, we need to move on. I think one of those people that really needs to hit the tape is Sean Payton. Uh, I just – some of the play calls, some of the, the organization of the game were just not what we expect from him. Um, but I will say, if you're going to make mistakes like that, make them early. Uh, make them early in the season when you're still, you know, figuring things out and you've got a lot of time to move back from it. Chris and I last episode talked about, like, us wanting to find an identity for the Saints. And we kind of came to the conclusion that this was a defensive team. And uh, it, what was frustrating was week to week, it felt like we were seeing a different Saints team every week. And now we go on to week five questioning it again maybe maybe this defense isn't as good as we thought or maybe it's just it was just an off week for them because this Giants offense I mean they haven't been great but they have the, definitely the potential to be great they have tons of talent uh the thing that really discourages me is that the fact that they are missing Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton two of their top pass catchers and they still were able to do all that against the Saints offense or against the Saints defense and the way this game started it just kind of felt like the Saints were going to end up winning this game by a decent margin the defense is playing great the offense is moving the ball pretty well but those first seven drives for the Saints all got into Giants territory and didn't get a single point from it so that just sets up the Giants an 0-3 team just to stay in this game and that's what the Saints talked about was they let this 
average team stay in the game for the whole entire game. I mean, they put pulled away a tiny bit. They had that uh, a little bit of a lead late, but they didn't close well. So, I mean, it, it kind of felt like they should have won that game, but at the end, they absolutely did not deserve to win that game. And you, your record says what you are, and they're two and two, and they move on to play the football team. But uh, Giants nearly had 500 yards of total offense. Uh, that's for the juice boys. It, it's just unacceptable, and I'm just. Only word I can say is I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed from the performance from the defense and the offense. Well, but you know, I think when you look at that, man, I, I think you're being a little bit too hard on, on yourself and the team, only from this perspective. Like, you know, the, the, the Giants, while, while they were missing Sterling Shepard and, you know, and Darius Slayton, like when healthy, if we're just talking talent, they have one of the deeper wide receiver rooms in football. Like, you know, John Ross need, needed to go deep one time to change the way he had to be played, which is why you saw him throughout the game connect on comeback routes after comeback routes, right? The Saints eventually realized we can't even play man against them consistently because Kadarius Tony is destroying whoever is in the slot against them. Or on the outside, whether we run press or we or we uh we play back, you know, we uh we play further back, the ball is in his hands. He's a he's an automatic yak weapon. And we saw it happen over and over again on screens. They call good plays, man. Like uh the screen, the screen pass to uh to Saquon. I think it was, I don't know if it was the overtime drive or if it was the drive uh at the end of the fourth quarter, but they call good 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 timely plays. Um but I mean, when you look at that Giants team, like on paper, like they're fast, they're athletic. If Daniel Jones is just, if he can stay up and make the right reads, I mean, everybody's fucking fast on that team. Now that means that you need more from your pass rush, which is banged up and regressing in certain in certain areas with with certain individuals. But that's the that's the you know, the biggest thing, you know, for me, just that matchup is tough. Kadarius Tony, hell of an athlete. John Ross, 4 2 40. Uh, Kenny Galladay jumps out the gym, but it's physical on the line. If you get open, it's going to be a problem. Um, Evan Ingram, one of the fastest tight ends in the league. Saquon, when you, when, you, when you line him up on the outside, you can't put a safety on him. You can't put a linebacker on him. Uh, you know, um, I think it was tough, but at the end of the day, um, that matchup, I think, was a little bit more tough than we were used to. The, the football team outside of Scary Terry, who, who Marshawn is going to be guarding, they don't, they, they don't offer those same kind of weapons, I think, to destroy the Saints in the way that they did. Uh, the only thing I would say is that one thing that's clear, I guarantee you we see more Bradley Roby next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Chris is spot on. There, there's just some teams that don't match up well for the Saints defense. And that is just like you said, the teams you need a good pass rush against. If you make Daniel Jones uncomfortable, we've seen it time and time again. He's not ready. He's not built for that, uh, at least at this moment. Of course, you can't like we keep uh, people have a weird beef with Daniel Jones as Eli Jr. I was one of those people, you know, you can make the jokes to whatever, but like credit where credit's due. He came out and played a heck of a game. Like this was a good Giants team uh whether they're good this season long who knows you know anything's possible but this was a great game in my opinion and, uh, from the coaching staff to the players they executed perfectly uh passing game was there rushing game was there it's not something we see 
all the time from the Giants, uh, but it kind of looked like what maybe they could be. I think in, we were talking about potential, Chris. That, that's spot on. Um, I got to bring this up because if I don't, I'll forget. What the heck happened on that John Ross touchdown with the fumble? Oh my God! And what? what all of the all of the non all of the plays that we see these guys around the league pick up dead balls, pick up plays that we know are in turnovers, pick up plays. I've never seen that to where they didn't even try. They just was like, "Fuck it!" Like I, I've <laughs> never. I I was so surprised, and especially a, a team that is that well supposed to be that well disciplined that they did neither guy, Debo or Marcus Williams, went to go and try to pick up that ball. Well, Debo got up, and he went straight to the sun. He, I, I bet yeah. he didn't even see the ball. He's like, I'm going to go get my ass through and done right now. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's over. <laughs> I don't know if he even knew. I mean, That's a great freaking, point, Nate. It was so weird. It, so this was, that was during the time where I, I had pieced out. I went out on a date. And I was like, okay, I'm following on my fantasy app. I'm seeing it. I get the Bleacher Report notification. I look at my fantasy, and I'm like, like John Ross on my bench. Like, weirdest play ever. I get one of those little, like, news buzzes. And it's, like, ruled as a fumble recovery. And I'm just like, excuse me? What? Like, what world are we living? I don't know. It's all a simulation, man. It's all a simulation. It was a great catch. I mean, it's not like he got burned or anything, but it was yeah. a really good catch by John Ross. But, yeah, I agree that we'll see more of Bradley Roby. Uh, and to talk about both of your guys' points, how they didn't match up well, I, I, I do agree they didn't match up great. But looking at that in perspective, you got the Bucks, who are pretty much the same talent-wise. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are pretty deep. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons even offensively are really explosive. So all those teams in your division, you got to figure it out. And uh, like you said, they had to switch the zone because Kadarius Tony was just destroying even C.J. Garner-Johnson, he just couldn't keep up. Just He was too fast, and it was kind of his breakout game. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say it's C.J.'s fault, and he, I'm going to go on a rant about the coaching real quick because I don't know if they were well-prepared for this game. I mean, it really felt like they weren't. I mean, a lot of the plays defensively, the Giants were calling perfect. It's like they knew. They were doing that uh, zero blitz, with, and they were just kind of bluffing, and Daniel Jones knew where to go with the ball every single time, and there was times that – they were lucky to get off the field and just it was a misfire throw or whatnot. But uh, another thing I want to talk about is the Adam Troutman holding penalty. This has been pretty hot on Twitter and lots of people are coming for Adam Troutman's job. Now, I'm not I'm not anti Adam Troutman. I'm not pro in, uh, Adam Troutman, but that right there isn't his fault. And here's why you have the Giants best pass rusher and one of the best in the National Football League, Leonard Williams one-on-one with a tight end that's uh, in the middle of the, in the middle of the, the roster in terms of talent and you have him one-on-one on a deep play action shot and you have Ryan Ramchick you go back watch that play Ryan Ramchick has no assignment he is just standing there there wasn't someone lined up in front of him there wasn't someone to the left of him all there was there was Leonard Williams to his right now Adam Troutman I expect him to make that block in the National Football League but Leonard Williams is getting paid a lot more than you to to pass rush and to say Adam Troutman should have not held him it's really easier said than done but if he doesn't hold him Jameis Winston's not getting that ball off he's probably going to be caught off the field with freaking concussion because he was coming in hot so I mean he was just saving his life so that goes to the coaching again I mean there was tons of opportunities in this game for uh, maybe a different play call or a different situation I'm going to go back to that fourth down play with Kamara 
on the pitch, it really felt oh. like that should have been a punt or a field goal. And that play call specifically over the course of these past four years with Kamara, it's either amazing or it's a tackle for loss for five yards. And I felt like that wasn't the right play call. And then comes in the conversation, does Sean trust Jameis? I'll pass it on. Well, one of those things about that about that toss that that was interesting and that we have to keep keep into perspective is that like you can tell you can t- like a player will tell you how much they mm-hmm. hate or love a play like and, and and these cameras man are so like <laughs> they like I don't, I don't I don't know if you guys were able to see it but I watched. Camara after the play where I think they ended up calling the first down before they ended up they ended up coming back and saying no you know that wasn't it um you know he, he was short which he was to me way short um but Camara says like or or, or he, he's wording out of his mouth why would we why would we run that play why do we call it, it was something along those lines why do we run a toss there why do we run that play why he was pissed off but it didn't make sense and look like the play calling I'm not burying Sean Payton because, and you know, Nick Nick Underhill, who 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 we all respect a bunch, he made a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a good point by saying that he doesn't think that the a conservative style, the way that the Saints are playing right now, is indicative of like of of them not trusting Jameis. It's more so Sean is waiting or the team is waiting for certain guys to come back. And they're just trying to find a way to win football games in this period of time. Um, and I get it, right? You know, I don't, I don't expect when Mike Thomas and Trey Quan and the offensive line is healthy, I don't think that they're going to run the football to, to Alvin 20 times, almost 30 times yesterday, which is, which is ridiculous. But, man, I, I, I just think you're taking such a risk, man. Um, like, I, certain things doesn't make sense. Okay, he had, he had what, 26 carries yesterday? He didn't catch the ball one time. I don't think he had a target yesterday. That doesn't make any sense, especially if you don't have certain amount of weapons or if there is a concern about the guys that are out there. Callaway ends up getting banged up at some point. He has to go out and come back in. Um, you know, Troutman hasn't, hasn't done much, much for you. Split Alvin out. Run an empty set. Find something else to run with your running back, who's one of the best receivers at his position in the game arguably in the history of the game um that I don't understand I don't understand kicking the field goal after you went forward on your first drive from fourth and three and you missed when you ended up coming short I don't understand kicking a field goal for 58 yards with your with your kicker who's probably on his way out the door who obviously isn't all the way there right now mentally his confidence is all the way gone would have been a career long, him, too. Yeah, you got to get him a, a chip shot or something, bro, or go for it again. You already you already shown you were going to be aggressive. Go for it again or punt it for field position. But don't have him come out there. He's missing 37 yarders and, and 44 yarders. Don't come. Don't have him come out there on a 58-yard. This, this is it. His confidence is gone right now. He needs something else. He needs chip shots, something else to get him going back. I didn't understand that. We can go on and on about the play calling. End of the, end of the day, um... The Saints had opportunity to win the game. The things that they thought were that were going to work, the things that they thought was gonna were gonna end up working to their advantage, and did not. And like Nate and you both mentioned, I don't think they were prepared for the Giants, especially from the, on the defensive side of 
of the ball because let's I mean once again some of these things were not on film Kadarius Tony had like three catches coming into yesterday John Ross had zero catches Evan Ingram hadn't played but he, he, he's been banged up like all of these guys that will end up being on the field you didn't have past film to be able to put out on them so it's just a weird ugly tough match I mean you know, it's a lot about that game that's just odd, man. And, you know, I, I don't want to draw too much of it, but I do think we need – there has to be some type of change at some point to where Sean is allowing Jamie to win him or lose him or put away football game. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything else to say other than that. <laughs> I always say spot on, Chris, but that, that, that summarizes it. I mean, we could talk about Sean Payton, and we've had this discussion, you know, I think the one thing that I was really thinking is nailed it kind of just trying to win games any way we can. We saw this at the quarterback position when Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill have filled in in the past. It's a similar kind of style, but at this point it it leans on other positions than quarterback. I don't think it's really a critique on Jameis. I I think some of it is probably some training wheels with Jameis still. Uh, We've seen some questionable decisions or some, some, uh, let's just say they were decisions where James put the ball in God's hands, uh, as James would probably <laughs> tell you. Uh, but there are just moments where you can tell that the, the reads aren't all quite there yet. There are some times where there are some schemed open receivers and James either maybe doesn't trust those receivers, which at this point, some of them probably have earned that reputation, or it just isn't seeing the right man open. And that, that, that comes with time. It comes with playing experience. Um, and I, I do think Jameis can get into that, but I think when you get a guy like Michael Thomas back, we all know what that does. Michael Thomas could be at 25% and he's better than 80% of the NFL's receivers, in my opinion, uh, just at what he does. He's so excellent at it that all critiques to him, uh, whatever slant boy critiques you want to throw there, he's great at it. He's legendary at it, borderline. Uh, it's a little early for that, but and overall, we'll just see how this changes in the coming weeks when you start to get guys back. It's October. Uh, it seems crazy that we're in the October stretch of the season already. But um, honestly, if we were any other places negatively uh, at this point in the season, I would be concerned. But right now, with the injuries we've had, with the decline in certain positional areas, um, I still think there's time in this season and there's a lot left that we need to see in this season before we start ringing the panic bells. Oh, well, that's what exactly I was going to say was this offense kind of feels like Teddy B, uh, maybe a little bit limited and easier concepts to, to understand. And to answer my own question, I think I think Sean does trust Jameis. And I think he had uh, I have two players written down who had phenomenal games is Pete Warner and Jameis Winston. And he did everything he was asked to do and more. And I'm not going to keep harping on Sean, but uh, I'm, I, I love Sean. I'm not saying fire. I'm not one of those kids. He, he, he's he'll, he'll bounce back. But the two things I will highlight is Jameis threw that touchdown to Kenny Stills. Obviously, the Adam Troutman holding brought it back. You bring Taysom Hill in, and now the safeties are back there thinking, okay, we got burnt bad. We're, we're not going to let that happen again. You bring Taysom in. I understand the thought. They, they will bring more in the box. You want to throw it deep. Do that later on. And Taysom just – he hasn't shown me one time in his NFL career he can throw that good ball. I mean, look at that. Emmanuel Sanders against uh, – I think it was the Falcons, extremely underthrown. Uh, Vikings 2019 playoffs, extremely underthrown. It's just like I don't understand the play call. And then late in the game, you're running the six-minute offense, and they had a chance to win this game. Uh, nice long drive, 
And on third and two, they do do the quarterback top, the quarterback power with uh, Taysom, which worked all game long. And I understand if it worked, it looks great. But at that point, you have to trust Jameis. You have to trust that he can find someone to throw open. And if you go watch the film, I've watched a little bit of the All-22, no one was open. No one was open. But he found a way, like Drew would, to throw people open. There was a third down where Jameis threw an absolute dart to Ty Montgomery. He wasn't open at all. And he found a way to, to move the chains. And I thought he did a great job all game long. I just, know, I just think that Sean limited him almost too much. I mean, you got, he's a successful quarterback. Yes, he's had some questionable decisions two years ago, but I think he's turned, he's, he's shown enough that he can take the train wheels off the offense and let him go. But this will be the last week we have to deal with uh, the practice squad wide receivers out there, uh, whatever you want to call them. Troy Kwan will be back after the bye. Michael Thomas will be back after the bye. Hopefully Nick Vanette will be back after the bye. Um, hopefully Eric McCoy will be back. So they're just going to get healthier and healthier. And my, I have my third quarter notes for the podcast that I totally deleted that were uh, the Saints barely escaped this one, but they're not healthy and uh, all the positives, but they didn't. So, I mean, now we move on to Washington and we'll cover that later this week, but another game where they're really, really banged up and they have a good opportunity to go three and two, go into the bye, but they have to get it done with what they have and, I mean, who knows what we'll see next week? Who knows? The end of the end of the day, I I think you know, Brendan and and Nate that you can. I there's some people that didn't think they'd be two and two, like today. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, <laughs> like I mean, like like let's be real. Like you look you look at that schedule. There were there were some folks that would have predicted. I mean, everybody predicted them to lose the you know the Patriots game. Everybody predicted the Saints to lose the Packers game. Um, if you put up, if you'd have told me in August that the Saints had as many missing pieces as they had, and they would have an opportunity, even on a road game, which is another winnable game to me, if you'd have told me that they'd have an opportunity to be over 500 going into the bye week, and all these guys would be missing, Marcus Davenport and Quan Alexander, some other guys that will return, and Ken Crawley, and the list, the list goes on and on, I mean, you'd have to tip your hat to Sean. So, I mean, look, you know, this isn't a, you know, a burial of really anybody because, you know, you're right. You're not dealing with a, uh, a King's ransom of wide receiving, you know, uh, wide receiving options right now. Guys are not going to consistently get open right now. It's just, you know, it's just the way that things are, right? I mean, that, that's, that's what they have. But, um, you know, maybe it may be time next week for one more week to see more of Jawan Johnson, who is a guy who can create separation um, with his route running. We've seen him be able to do that. Ty Montgomery is another guy who just, when he's in the game so far, there's some just some, some extra level of juice, right? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, some extra level of energy that he seems to bring. And they're going to need him now more than ever with um, – we don't know the severity, or I, I don't know if it's come out yet, but the severity of Tony Jones Jr. injury, which, you know, is, you know, hilarious considering everything that happened with, you know, Latavius Murray, um, makes me wonder if a call from Mark Ingram might be coming at some point. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, guys like that are going to have to be in the game. And, and, and defensively, again, I think they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be able to, you know, I mean, you'll probably be looking at a pissed-off defense next week. 
they'll make some adjustments there. And I think that they can get through that aspect of things going against a different team for the most part offensively has been the same that they can look at on film, make adjustments to know what's coming and what's not versus having to worry about, um, you know, an overload of new weapons to defend that they, from a roster perspective, aren't ready to deal with right now athletically. Uh, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, um, one more week, like you said, <laughs> a lot of these guys will be back, hopefully, after the bye week, and then I think we can start really diving deep into this team and what they will or won't be. Will they, you know, be a team that can make the playoffs or will they barely miss out, whatever, will they blow up, whatever the case may be. But one more week, I just hope that we're a little bit more um, – I guess, unpredictable in trying to win these games. If something isn't working, let's not continue to do it. Let's be more creative in some of the aspects of things. Use the players that are able to make some things happen. And, you know, let's get through the game against Washington and then see you after the bye. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to turn the page on this game. I'm so excited to never talk about this game again. Uh, we'll be coming to you guys later this week to talk about the Washington football team. Hopefully we got some good news about IR moves and whatnot, but the uh, – New Orleans Pelicans are on. We got to run. We got to go watch that uh, new era of Pelicans basketball starting now. So uh, we'll come at you guys later this week. We appreciate you guys' support. Who that? Hey. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Let's go. Don't we know?